there. You're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh, and hanging out here with me as always is my co-host, Kristen Edwards. Yep, I'm here. So hello and welcome to the show today. We are on episode 16 with just one more episode to go before we finish season one and take a little bit of a break. It's been a real joy for Gina and me to share what we know about homeschooling with all of you, and we hope you've been encouraged and inspired by some of our stories. As always, remember to join us after the show on Facebook or Instagram so we can keep on discussing the bits that caught your attention. Just look for the Only Schoolers handle. Or if you like email for visiting, our address is onlyschoolers at gmail.com. And I really agree with Kristen. This podcast has been a joy to produce, a very bright spot in a very weird year. And we're thankful that you found us and you continue to keep your ear open for us on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on several, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon. We appreciate your listening and sharing the podcast with your friends. Yeah. So Gina, I'd like to start us off today by saying Merry Christmas. (laughs) I caught you there, didn't I? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Okay. We're not quite there yet, but the countdown has definitely started. In our last episode, I mentioned there were seven Mondays until Christmas. Well, now we're down to five. And the homeschooling online groups are abuzz with plans for holiday schooling. Oh, you're right about that. I am seeing more and more posts asking about how everybody schools through the holidays. Do people take time off? What are fun crafts? Must do activities? You know, the standard drill. So do you realize that between the two of us, we've had over 30 Christmas holidays with our kids So that's where we're pointing the podcast slate today. In fact, it's the title of the episode, Homeschooling Through the Holidays Without Losing Your Mind. Oh my gosh. When you say 30 Christmases, that makes me feel so old, but at least more than half of them are yours. (laughs) But yes, (laughs) we've got a lot of experience with the holidays and how to do more than just survive them. So here, we typically do school through about mid-December or so, and then we take a break from then until after my daughter's birthday in early January, so it's about three weeks in all, I guess. We want to have plenty of time to celebrate everything, including New Year's. So we pick up again sometime after Epiphany, and that's, you know, when the real 12 days of Christmas is finished. Um, homeschooling through the holiday is so much fun though. I literally have a giant bright red three ring binder that I call my Christmas binder and it's organized into all the things that we've actually done at Christmas or that I thought might be fun to do someday. And please note that caveat, just because it's in the binder does not mean it's necessarily happening ever. It's just a possibility, an idea I saw, because I finally learned how to best homeschool the holidays at our house. So do you guys take much of a break at the holidays, Gina? We usually take the week of Thanksgiving completely off. Um, Wyatt's birthday always falls sometime during that week, then there's another day that's the actual holiday. So between that, the Thanksgiving Day festivities, the general long weekend hubbub, We just decided a long time ago that there was no real reason to school during that week. Um, Psychologically, we're way better off when we succeed at doing nothing in particular than we fail at doing everything. (laughs) So uh, we come back at it a little during December, but it does get a lot more hit and miss. It kind of all depends upon what we've gotten done and what Wyatt wants to get done before Christmas and New Year's. So in a lot of ways, it's like the end of the year. If we finish something and we we just let it go. So I'd say our homeschool style from 
mid-December until after New Year's is best described as, I don't know, seriously loosey-goosey. But we've kind of honed our loose-goose skills into something of an art form at this point. So we're pretty good. (laughs) That's great. You know, I just think it's great that we figured out how to best school our children and enjoy the holidays at the same time. Because as you said, there's no one to please. So we might as well please ourselves. So that's what we're going to do today for you, our listeners. We're going to give you our best tips for how to truly enjoy this time of year. It's busy, that's for sure, but it's also magical. And we want you to have that experience, not the one where you drag yourself limping to the finish line on New Year's Day. Oh, because that is no fun for anyone. It's not fun for the kids. It's not fun for the parents. And we know because at times we've both tried doing it and we really disliked the end results, especially because if you're overextended and exhausted during the holidays, when it's time to gear up and get back to some schooling, you're just tired and owly and feel like you kind of need a Christmas break. So our condensed version are three basic steps. Manage expectations, make a plan, and then sit back and enjoy it all. We're going to expand on each of those steps in the podcast today, but for the most part, that's how we've managed to homeschool through the holidays and come out on the other side still happy. Sounds easy enough, right? Well, it does when you put it that way, but really, it also is that simple. So Kristen, when we say manage expectations about the holidays, what's your first thought? Because you're the Pinteresty queen of Christmas and keeper of the red Christmas binder. I am totally putting that title on my resume. (laughs) Actually, I'm kind of laughing to myself a little bit still over here because it did take me a while to get this one down. But managing expectations is the key to the whole idea of happy holidays. So, okay, I'm already seeing posts with people saying, I want to do something fun every single day in December. And I just want to say, no, you don't. And you know why? (laughs) Yeah. You really don't. You don't. You don't. I can't say it strongly enough. That is a lot of pressure. If you start off on December 1st with that expectation, the idea that you're going to make every day a great day and it's going to be so fun and you're going to make the best memories, you know what's probably going to happen by December 6th. You're going to be hiding in the bathroom, stress eating the candy that was supposed to go in the stockings, crying because your kid isn't enjoying the holiday fun you planned, and just trying to figure out how to get through the next 18 days. Now, I won't say no one can sustain that kind of energy for a whole month, because maybe some people can, but I can't. Just ask me how I know. And I suspect many of our listeners are the same. Oh, preach it, sister. I am 100% behind you. We are homeschooling for a reason, right? I mean, we want to educate our kids in a relaxed environment and allow them to learn at their own pace. Now, we're definitely not saying don't do anything special at Christmas because it's actually the perfect time to slow down and do a lot of fun extras, but just manage the expectations of what that's going to look like. So... After you finished eating all the stocking candy, did you wash it down with a Mountain Dew chaser? And how did you manage your actual expectations from then on? (laughs) Yes, because in my world, Mountain Dew makes everything better. But seriously, I got realistic real fast. The thing about expecting holiday fun every single day is this. It's absolutely possible in your imaginary homeschool with your imaginary kid. 
that snowflake cutting activity produces perfectly symmetrical snowflakes with no mess. All the cookie frosting stays on the cookies with no mess. And glitter magically glues exactly where it's supposed to with no mess. But in the real world, with this real kid that you love, life is messy and you will get tired. The kid will get cranky. And there's still all these other commitments, actually a lot of other ones, because this is the time of year when all those events start piling up. Oh, isn't that the truth? And I think the littler your children are, the younger they are, the harder it is to keep up the pace of trying to do all the things. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get invited to caroling parties and cookie exchanges in the middle of July, although you know, that might be a good idea. But it does seem like every group we're part of at this time wants to celebrate Christmas by doing something. You know, it's party this and cookie exchange that and Christmas caroling here and decking the halls there. And there are only so many days in December to get it all in. So there's no chance to spread out all the fun. Exactly. Because we're still schooling too, right? So trying to do everything just induces that stress that we all want to avoid at the holidays. So my first step in managing expectations is to look at my school planning calendar. Because I used to think that I had to do full stop on all our regular classes. And then I had to go in and sprinkle all our learning with all this Christmas fairy dust. So I would dump whatever we were doing, which was actually working at this point in the year. And I would do a full switch to all Christmas, all the time, in every subject. And did that work for you? (laughs) No, it did not. Because, you know, it's this time of year when we all say we want to slow down and enjoy the holidays. And it felt like I was just adding all this extra work for myself, trying to find some sort of holiday angle to our regular class. And even when I tried to get ahead of it and plan it out early... It just felt like a whole lot of extra work, like I said, when we were already in a groove. So after a couple of years of that, I decided to mostly continue our regular curriculum and then just add one fun thing to our school each week, not one thing each day. And limiting myself to just planning one thing opened up the possibility to include smaller random things as time allowed. So we still have plenty of holiday fun. And actually, I think we have more time to accept some of those invitations to group holiday activities. Maybe not this year, (laughs) but it's definitely more relaxed. And we truly do enjoy the holidays, knowing that the things that really matter to us are on the schedule. So what about you? How does that managing expectations look at your house? Well, you know, you always have a quotation at the ready. But today I have got one for you that perfectly fits expectation management. The road to Christmas hell is paved with good intentions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the reasons holiday depression is such an issue is we don't do a very good job of managing our expectations. We expect our holidays to look like pages of Better Homes and Gardens or Martha Stewart and people that's just not going to happen. Real life is nothing like a photo shoot where the lighting is perfect and the photos are run through so many filters they bear no resemblance to reality. Um, These days, we spend so much of our lives looking at things through filters because, I mean, even a random slice of toast with strawberry jam doesn't look good enough by itself. It needs a filter to improve its appearance. I mean, people, it's toast and jam. It's just fine the way it is. It doesn't need a filter. Um, A huge part of the picture anyway. (laughs) A huge part of managing expectations means 
embracing real life exactly the way it is. It's real toast made from real bread with clumpy lumps of real butter because I forgot to take the stick out of the fridge last night and it's as hard as a rock. Real life is messy and it's sticky and there's cat hair on the black sweater and there's laundry in a pile on the dining room table and a sack of groceries waiting to be taken downstairs and put away in the pantry. Um, You know, there's an ice storm when you scheduled the trip over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house and expecting yourself to be able to juggle all the balls, keep them all in the air all the time. It's super stressful. The more stressed we are, the more likely we are to pass that along to our kids because we're short tempered and frustrated with them. And here's the crucial thing. If Christmas is all about the kids, then we need to keep our best kids' best interests in mind. And you know as well as I do that when the food gets too sugary and too snacky and when there have been too many people around and it's too loud for too long and the bedtimes are all messed up so little people and big t- people get all tired, it's it can be such a recipe for disaster. So putting all of this fantasy stuff aside and being as down-to-earth as possible is really crucial. Oh, absolutely. Totally agree 100%. So managing our expectations really does make it the happiest season of all. Am I right? And we're not saying be a Grinch, just be realistic. So the natural next step after you've managed your expectations is to make a plan. So once you've determined what you can realistically handle school-wise during the holidays, get out a calendar and make your plan. So do you have any holiday school plans? What do those look like for you, Gina? Our holiday school plans look a lot different now than when Wyatt was small. And, you know, just now as I say it, I think maybe that's the most crucial thing when it comes to holiday school plans for us. I don't let what we did last year dictate what we will do or plan for this year. I mean, when he was little, we were more about social studies being a Christmas around the world unit on different holiday traditions or math might take place more in the kitchen making some Christmas cookies or language arts could be writing Christmas cards to grandparents, that sort of thing. But what was fun for a six-year-old may not cut it for a seven-year-old, let alone a 17-year-old, which is what I'm going to have this Christmas. So each year, we kind of talk as a family and decide what's right for us this year. These days, we're thinking about why it's work schedule and the rink schedule and the schoolwork that might be on the agenda. And it might be finish reading a book before the end of the year or tie up loose ends on a special project. But at Christmas, my school planning is always about finishing something, never about starting something new. Something new is going to happen after the new year. What about you? What's going in your trusty spiral notebook? (laughs) Well, actually, my trusty spiral notebook gets put aside for the, the red Christmas binder and just my regular school planner at this time of the year. So I start with my planner and I put in the group events that we talked about earlier. So if I know the rink is having a Christmas recital, that goes on the calendar. Same if there's like a Christmas party for her school or for church youth group. And once I know where those events land, then I can plan our schedule for schooling. I mean, realistically, I'm only planning for a couple of weeks of actual school in December since we do take that break somewhere around the middle. And this is where I can start adding in some holiday fun if I want to. And what does the holiday fun end up looking like when you do that? Well, we mostly continue on our regular school schedule, especially for math and science, but I love Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. So for several years, that's what we did for literature each Christmas. 
But it wasn't like we read the novel every year for like four years in a row. I'd switch it up. So one year we would read the novel. The next year I found a book uh, telling the story from the point of view of two street urchins who interacted with Scrooge. Another year we read the story from Marley's point of view, which was a great book. And of course we watched every version of the movie I could put my hands on and we would often go get um, tickets to a live version performed on stage. So over the course of several years, we've really immersed ourselves in this story and it wouldn't be Christmas without it. Don't know exactly how we'll do it this year, but I'm sure we'll figure out something. I also, kind of like you, we did a Christmas Around the World unit one year, but we didn't pick every country. I just kind of let September pick a few countries that she liked because you know I'm about to say ownership of education here, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, how do we get this far in before that phrase came up? But anyway... You know, that wasn't even totally planned. It was more of a, what country do you want to do? Okay, well, let's see what we can find out about how France celebrates Christmas. And we sort of do it together, spur of the moment. So it wasn't like I'd spent a ton of time planning it. But for the other classes, um, you know, if we finish a section of math, I won't necessarily fire up the DVD for the new lesson. We'll just find some Christmas logic puzzles, or maybe we'll make some candy. We don't really do a ton of cookie baking at Christmas, but we do like our candy. Or we might just stop math altogether and do some sort of art project if I found a fun one. The key is I don't start anything new. Like you said, at Christmas, school planning is about finishing. So as I come to a natural break, I just pause and I include something holiday-ish. So I plan for some spontaneous Christmas fun, if that makes sense. (laughs) I guess another way to say it is leave some space for that magic to happen But like any good magician, have the tricks up your sleeve ready to pull out. And then your weekly one big thing, that does get on the calendar, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Once I know where our commitments are, and I've scribbled a few notes for add-ins, as best I can tell when we're going to stop something else, then I know where I can put that special holiday tradition, because it wouldn't be Christmas without it. And then that leads us to the last step in homeschooling through the holidays, enjoy. There is so much about this season to enjoy. So how does enjoying the holidays look at your house, Gina? Well, first off, let me do a little promo here for episode 17. It's coming up in a couple of weeks and it's called A Few of Our Favorite Things. And it's a look at some of what we love best about the holidays. So be sure to keep an eye out for that on December 3rd. Now, back to the question. What does uh, enjoying the holidays look like at our house? I remember one evening when Wyatt, I guess he's maybe six years old or so, I'd put on some Christmas music with... um, Pandora, Spotify, XM, some streaming service, and the Christmas tree lights were on. It was just really nice and cozy in the house. And I was sitting on the couch reading and he grabbed one of his books and he hopped up on the couch beside me. And with, you know, all of the innocence of, you know, six-year-old cherubic face looking up, he says, isn't this a nice, relaxing evening? The music is pretty and so are the tree lights. Let's do this every night. And in that moment, I realized there's really no reason to go to all the work to decorate a tree in your home if you're never going to be home to enjoy it. (laughs) Um, Why have a stereo if we're never going to listen to records? And why have a couch if we're never going to sit down on it? So now, in order to accomplish that, we really say no to a lot more things than we used to. And we're generally much happier during the entirety of the holiday season when we don't try to do so much. So it's back to that managing expectations bit. It gives us time to enjoy. Now, that being said, there are certain things that must be done. Lights must be looked at. Trees must be decorated on Thanksgiving Day and all sorts of things like that. What about you? How do you deck your halls? 
Well, we have some very specific traditions that have evolved over the years. So because we're very tradition-based here, we know exactly what we want to do to enjoy homeschooling through the holidays. So on every Sunday evening, we have an Advent devotional and we light our candles because it's just, for us, it's just a beautiful way to pause and reflect on the season before we start the week. And in that two weeks that we're officially still schooling, since we break in mid-December, I plan one fun activity per week. So usually that means a Christmas poetry tea time and a Grinch night. Okay, I'm uh, stop here. What is Grinch night? I've never heard of this before. Okay. Well, it's a celebration of how the Grinch stole Christmas. I came across the idea online several years ago, and now it's just a thing because after a Christmas carol, Dr. Seuss's story is at the top of my list of favorite Christmas things. So I fix a supper of roast beast and who hash and garlic in your soul rolls. And then we have dessert, which might mean like a green Grinch heart Rice Krispie treats and like who juice, which is basically just a Sprite float with lime sherbet. Anything green goes. So we play Grinch bingo and we've made Grinch ornaments and we had a draw, draw the Grinch contest. If it's Grinch, we do it. And then we finish by reading the book and watching the cartoon version of the movie. So really it's It could be a lot of hands-on learning if you have younger kids, but they'll never know. And it's just really a lot of fun for anybody else. So I'm going to have a Grinch Night PDF available for any of our listeners if you'd like to try it this year. And we'll also have um, a Christmas poetry tea time download with ideas for poems and setting the scene and, of course, ideas for teas and treats. We also make sure to watch all of our favorite Christmas movies. Um, A Christmas Story is my all-time favorite. You'll shoot your eye out. But September's favorites are Home Alone and Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. And remember, any movie can count as literature if you want it to, if you just follow the plot arc and the character development and every other thing that makes a story a story. And kind of like you said, it wouldn't be Christmas if we aren't going to look at lights. So we have um, a Christmas light scavenger hunt. We fill our travel mugs with hot cocoa and go out. And again, if you want to do that, then just check the show notes for our PDF download. That's always such a fun thing to do. And it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, looking for Grinches, angels, snowmen, all sorts of things. It always makes it fun for a great night of light looking. And again, for little ones, it can totally count as school if you're counting things. Um, for older kids, it, it might count as drivers add nighttime driving hours, put them behind the wheel, and you, was, can, you can enjoy. That is such a great uh, idea. I never thought about that. <laughs> and listeners, if you have a super fun idea that you want to do for Christmas, but don't know how to count it for school, just shoot us a message on Facebook or email, and we'll do our best to figure it out for you. Yeah, as you can see, that's kind of Gina's superpower. (laughs) Well, you know, I've really been kind of focused on Thanksgiving over the last week or so. But after talking with you today, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Now we just need some snow. Okay, we can have snow, but only if it's mood snow. And by mood snow, I mean beautiful falling snowflakes, not too cold. It looks pretty on the cedars. It melts on contact with the roads (laughs) so we can always get exactly where we need to go. And there's no worries about stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so before we go today, I would like to remind you to subscribe or uh, review our show on iTunes or Stitcher, any place you happen to listen to the podcast. Reviews help people to find us, grow our community. 
just go to the app and drop us a few kind words. And we also hope you'll hang out with us on social media. As we've said before, Facebook is probably our favorite platform, and we just love to continue the podcast conversation with you there. We especially want to know how you are planning to celebrate Christmas in your homeschool, because I love hearing everybody's holiday plans, and it might end up in my red binder too. So just search for our handle, Only Schoolers. And don't forget to check the show notes and our Facebook page for links to all the fun stuff that we've mentioned today. And do keep an eye out on the Only Schoolers Facebook page, because we're going to be popping in with links to all kinds of fun stuff over the next few weeks leading up to Christmas. So thanks for listening today. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a few of our favorite things. So we will catch you later. (laughs) 